Everybody, this is your girl Ray Ray. That's right, your girl Ray Ray. I don't know why I said that. And this is Green Room Radio. Thank you for dialing in. Today I talked to John Fisher, the artistic director of Theater Rhinoceros in San Francisco. Back by popular demand, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, the musical. That's right. Priscilla has a book written by Australian film director, writer Stephen Elliott and Alan Scott using well-known pop songs as its score. You know, this uh, musical was adapted from Elliott's 1994 Oscar-winning film, The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I saw the movie in 1994. I went to the theater. I had no idea what it was going to be about. And boy, was I blown away. What a wonderful movie. I saw the musical on stage in London in 2008, and that was even better. So I can't wait to see Theater Rhinoceros. Is that how you say it? Or is it Theater Rhinoceri? I'm not sure. I guess I'll have to look it up. Let's see. Priscilla, Queen of the Desert at Theater Rhinoceros is running until July 7th. And you can go to their website, therhino.org, the Rhino. Org and find out all about this, how to get tickets. You can either buy them online or call. So without further ado, here's my interview with John Fisher, the executive director of Theater Rhinoceros and the director of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Great to talk to you. You've been the executive director at uh, Theater Rhinoceros. How long, how long have you been there now? Uh, 15 years. 15 years, that's great. You have all been doing very well since you've been there. See, I'm looking at your, uh, your, your bio here on the website. It's really impressive. Uh, congratulations. Right, thank, you. Yeah. thank you very much. So yeah. tell me about Priscilla, uh, Queen of the Deserts. You know, I think a lot of people have seen the movie. I don't know if a right, lot of sure. people realize it's a, that it's actually a stage musical as well. Yes, uh, it was turned into a stage musical in... Uh, 2011, mm -hmm. and uh, it's sort of a crazy story about uh, uh, three gay guys, or actually uh, two transvestites and one transsexual, who head across the Australian outback for a gig in the middle of the country at Alice Springs in a casino, <laughs> and they they yeah they encounter uh, you know uh, a lot of uh, interesting situations. And uh, it's a very topical story because they encounter a lot of hate uh, along the way as well. And they convert most people to their way of thinking, and some they don't. So it's, I think it's very topical because it's a fun musical, it's a great musical, but it's also in a way very political because it's all about acceptance and identity and a lot of challenges that we're still facing, unfortunately. It was written in 1993 as a movie, and I think uh, the writers probably imagined that a lot of these problems would be solved. I'm not sure we've solved them yet, so it's still a relevant piece of theater. Yeah. Boy, we sure haven't solved them yet. I, I remember when the, the movie first came out, and I had no idea what it was. I remember right. going to the movie theater and yeah. just being completely, I walked out with my jaw dropped. I, I loved it. I, that is not what I expected. I mean, I just remember him on the top of the bus um, 
Yep. You know, that's that's part like, of the musical. And, and you have a bus on stage, I hope. We have a bus that uh, fills right. the stage. Uh, you see the inside of it, the outside of it. It's uh, quite a phenomenon. Big hit every night with the audience. Yeah. And I saw the, I saw the play in London about eight years ago. Oh, okay. So you, with, a, yeah, with the Australian know. cast. It's originally uh, uh, an Australian musical, right? It was written It came out of Australia, Australia. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was in London. And yeah. then it was done on Broadway. Uh, yeah. So, okay. And yeah. all the music is from the 70s and 80s. It's sort of the classic queer disco music. I Will Survive, Go West, uh, yeah. Village People, Gloria Gaynor. So it's kind of a celebration of, of gayness. Yes. Yes, it's so fantastic. And uh, it's it's one of the, the most fun times I've had at a musical in my life. And I've been to hundreds, and it was just, just a blast. Right. So. I'm really looking yeah. forward to seeing this. I'm glad that you're extending. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll send you July 7th. And uh, for those of you who don't know, we're at the Gateway Theater in San Francisco, 215 Jackson Street. And you can find out more about it at therhino.org. Great, therhino.org. And I will put all of this in the uh, in the notes, too, for the, for the program here. Terrific. Thank you. Yeah. Very good. You're welcome. You're welcome. Now, uh, Rudy Guerrero is uh, this. He's done this role before. Is that right? Yes, Rudy and Charles uh, Charles Peoples. Rudy Guerrero and Charles Peoples play the leads. Yeah. They played the leads last year. They were nominated for many awards. Rudy actually won one for best actor for Bay yeah. at the Critics Circle. Yeah, I was there. And, I, uh, I remember that. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're phenomenal in their roles. They're really just perfect for their roles, and a ton of energy does too. It's like. It's like um, they're just explosive on stage. And every night, I mean, I've seen this thing dozens of times, and I'm I'm always amazed. Uh, they, they just really turn it on. They never have an off night, matinees, Sunday nights. They really, really go for it. It's a pleasure. And the whole cast, really. Um, about half the cast is new. And even the new people uh, have infused it with just a new, new joy. Um, it's like a whole new show from last year, except for the leads. So it's uh, it's been a great experience putting it on again. Uh, that's great. Well, they're pros, so they're gonna they're gonna bring it no matter what. I, I I was trying to think. I've known Rudy for many years. That's right. And I can't even remember why. <laughs> I was trying to think. Why yeah. do I know him? Have you been a sh- have I been in a show with him? I don't think so. Right. But I just I, he's, I done, just, he's yeah. done a lot of stuff with Word for Word and yeah. with SF Playhouse. Yeah. Um. I've done a bunch of shows with him. I did a show with him at Word for Word, and we took that show to Paris. It was called Food Stories. And after that, I decided, you know, I have to work with this guy more because I love him. He's 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 great. He's wonderful on stage. I remember when I went to Paris with that. You were in that too. Oh, that's wonderful. That must have been fun. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a great experience. Yeah, yeah, really fun. Yeah. I think it's a well kept secret that Paris is a theater capital. Everything oh. is like food and architecture and art, but it's also theater. It's, uh, it's one of those great theater places. Yeah, and it's it's spread out. It's not it's not like they have a centralized theater. No, area. no, you're right. Absolutely, yeah. it's not like New York or London. It's, there's no Broadway or the West End. It's it's all over the place. Yeah, but there's a lot of it, and it's extremely uh, high quality. Um, yeah, I, I go to I go to Paris about once a year because my wife is from France. She's from the Paris area, and. Uh, uh, and uh, there, there's a, there's actually a, a new theater company there. Well, it's been there a few years where they where they do uh, plays and put uh, English supertitles above the uh, 
the shows that are done in French so that everyone can uh, follow along. Yeah, but, um, we saw a play at the Théâtre Edouard um, the Seventh, um, and it had super titles. I mean, we see super titles more and more. It's sort of wonderful. wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it didn't used to be that way. Twenty years ago, it was hard to see uh, if you were no, English no. speaking. It was hard no, to find no. anything. Yeah, no, they were they're horrible snobs. They weren't going to translate French for <laughs> anybody. Yeah. It's changed it's a horrible, lot in, horrible. in France, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, when I first went to Paris thirty years ago, it was terrible. The French were mean, and nobody would speak English, and they were just it was just they were obnoxious. And it was only their beautiful city that made people keep coming back. But now the French are, are delightful. They're they're the most hospitable people. I don't know what happened. I don't know, um, but <laughs> they're right. the kindest. They're the kindest. You, you, everybody speaks English. Everybody's so helpful. Everybody wants. I mean, they finally figured out that if you're nice to tourists, they'll spend more money. And yeah. uh, but I, they were so cranky and mean. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah so years something ago. changed. Yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah. long time. And, and uh, I, I go. I can't even go there and practice my French anymore because they all want to speak English. No, they all want to speak English. Everybody's given over to English as the world cultural language it's horrible um yeah and uh yeah they just want to speak english they don't yeah they're not interested in our awful french your french is probably pretty good mine's <laughs> terrible no they don't want to talk to me they're like stop you know, stop pushing our language we'll just talk in your language nobody cares yeah i speak english much sense. better yeah. english than you speak french so let's just stick with the english <laughs> yeah right exactly yeah yeah so Priscilla, um I, I think this is really timely uh point in history to be doing this show again um, I mean, yeah. unfortunately, we haven't overcome um, all of these issues with differences in people. Uh, yeah. And and it becomes apparent, I think, when you see the show, even though it's a campy comedy, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there's, there's some very there, serious moments in it. Yes, there, and, there uh, are. Yeah. And I think it, I think you're absolutely right to call it a campy comedy. It's how camp can overcome sort of the bogus seriousness of homophobia. And this isn't so serious about hate. That's what I hate about hate. It's no fun. Hate is just like so serious. It's like it people is. hate are just, they're so serious. It's like lighten up. The world isn't that serious a place. I mean, everything should be taken with a grain of salt and sense of humor. And it's just like, who cares? Anyway. Um, it just so it I, becomes so dogmatic, hatred. And, 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 it's it, because, it, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it makes no sense because uh, we're all individuals. We're all different. And we all are, have the right to express ourselves in whatever way we want, as long as we're not hurting Absolutely. people. And, and who cares what other, who cares what somebody else does? I mean, when I was in college um, at UC Berkeley, it was like everybody was like up in each other's business. So like, why are you gay? Why are you a lesbian? Why are you this? Why? And it's like leave me alone. And now the great thing is now everybody has a phone. So instead of getting up in each other's business, they just look at their phone. There's like all these distracting things, and. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I think I think young people have the right idea. They just don't care. They're like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm not going to get angry about what you do because I'm just too wrapped up in my phone and what I want to do. And, uh, <laughs> yes, I have right. kids that age. Yeah, everybody my age whines about young people and their phones. I'm like, thank God. When I was their age, I was like, everybody's like pointing at each other and asking each other questions and getting angry at each other. It's like, God, let them look at their phones. You know? Uh, I know and, it was terrible. You know, God. Yeah. Awful. Everyone's so bored. And it's like the phones have alleviated boredom. I think hate arises from boredom. I think people just get bored and they can't think of anything to do. Now they've got their phone to look at. Yeah. Uh, thank God. And it also allows them to communicate more. Um, I mean, my son talks with his friends all the time. 
And so he has, and he has all kinds of friends. You know, he has friends of all different. Oh yeah, they're colors much and, and he young people are much girls. smarter now. Yeah. They, if, if a young person has a question, now they just look it up. They find out about it. You know, the whole concept of asking somebody something like, you know, where's Moscow? It's stupid. Don't ask. You know, just look it up. And young people are just, they're just tuned into the world more. They have access to more information, more people, as you say, more friends, diversity. They're a much more enlightened group of people. Yeah. So so, so are you finding um, any uh, age demographic that is coming to the show more often, or does it span all different age groups? Well, uh, no, we see everybody. We get kids, and parents ask me, is it all right for, for kids? And I'm like, well, I'm not a parent. I mean, I think it's all right for kids, but you have to decide. I mean, it's it's naughty, certainly, yeah, but right. it's it's not Phantom of the Opera. I mean, it's not it's not a it's not a family musical in a traditional sense, but it's about a family and it's about a father reconnecting with his son. Yes. So the way it is very much, and uh, so we get kids, we get uh, senior citizens, we get queer people, we get straight people. I mean, we get a lot of people. I think a lot of people are surprised, though, by the content. I think they're sort of like, oh, I thought this was just like, you know, a bunch of drag queens. And they're like, oh, wow, some bad things happen. Yeah. You know, and some, some good things come to the bad things. I think that they're surprised because a lot of musicals really, a lot of musicals really aren't about anything. They're just kind of about, you know, having fun or, you know. But this yeah. is, it, it really is a fun musical that's about something, which is what I love about it. Like, a, a lot of jukebox musicals are like Mamma Mia. They're just about, you know, sort of non-issues, just about having fun. But this really is about acceptance and diversity and having an open mind. And and um, I think that's what's quite wonderful about it. It's, it, it really is, I think, uh, America at its best, although it's not America, it's Australia. But it's, it's sort of the English-speaking world at its best. You know, it's sort of like people figuring it out and moving on. So we have we have a kid being raised by a gay guy and two lesbians. Yeah. And that, I think, is, uh, you know, it takes a village. And um, uh, I think that that's wonderful. You know, if a kid can have three parents instead of two, that's better. Um, yeah. You know. So we're, we're, one of the things I really love about the show, and you, and you brought it up before, is, yes, it is uh, – there are hilarious moments. It's very campy, but but suddenly you will be surprised at a very serious moment and something that will actually bring tears to your eyes, you know, because it's human, it's real, and um, and and it makes you yeah. realize these people are real. This is a family traveling in this bus to get to this place in the middle of nowhere, and they're yeah, overcoming I, I, adversity to get there. I think we all we assume that you know. Uh, gay people or trans people have made some bizarre choice. And I think the whole thing about identity is, no, they, they haven't made a choice. It's just how they feel. They want to fit in in the world, and this is how they do fit in. Yeah. And we have um, some otherly identified people in the cast, and it's, it's wonderful uh, because they are, you know, they've come to San Francisco in the old sense of, you know, coming to a place where they'll be accepted. And here they are in a musical about acceptance. And so I, I just... You know, as somebody who didn't fit in as a kid, I can really identify with anybody who doesn't fit in. And I think the world's gotten better about making everybody fit in, but it hasn't solved all the problems, obviously. I, I remember years ago, I used to go to um, Finocchio's. I don't know if you remember Finocchio's. Oh, I went to Finocchio's. I went to Finocchio's, yeah. Yeah, I used to go there quite often, and I loved it. It was so much fun. <laughs> oh, I thought it was hysterical. I went with my friend Jenny. 
And I said to her, those aren't men. She said, those are men. I said, no way. That's impossible. No. And I was very young. And I could not, I didn't see it. I did not see it. And she said, those are men, for God's sake. You can tell. And I said, I can't tell. My, my trans radar is awful. I'm a perfect person. I'm a perfect person for identity because I'm just like, you know, if you look like what you want to look like, I'm just like, okay. You know, I'm just like, I'll, I'll buy it. And Pinocchio's yeah. was wonderful. I thought it was so, I remember, a, I remember a big trans performer singing um, uh, some great 70s anthem. And I just, I was like entranced. Yeah. And um, I was surrounded by tourists. I mean, there were like a bus coming, brought a bunch of tourists. And I was like, this is great. These people yeah. are like sitting here, you know, having the time of their lives. And, you know, probably they've never seen performers like this before. And that's great. You know? Yeah. They're, 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 they're learning that these people are fun. You still get a, there's still some few places like that, Martoonies, where where you could get a little bit of the flavor of that, but a lot of it's gone That's away. That's true. Um, yeah, but that, the great thing about Pinocchio's was it was on the tour route. I mean, it was yeah. it had a tour buses brought people there, and I, 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 I'm not sure that we have anything like that now. I mean, Beach Blanket at Babylon really isn't like that. It's no, you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty safe. But Pinocchio's yeah. was about drag. Yeah. And that's what the show's about. It's about that old style drag, which was lip syncing. And Priscilla right. um, uh, uh, Queen of the Desert is about the transition from lip syncing to live performance. So it starts out with some lip syncing, but then very quickly on, all the songs are sung by the actors yeah. live. Yeah. And uh, fortunately, we have some great singers. Right. And it, but you're right. I mean, Pinocchio's was that weird era when everybody just loved really good lip syncing. No, I mean, it's just, it seems really silly, lip syncing. But you know, what's that? But there's a real skill to it. You oh know? yeah. Anyway, do it well you were going to say. Yeah. Oh, I was just saying, like you said. I mean, you could have tourists from France or the Midwest or whatever. One night they would go to Pinocchio's, and the next night they'd go to see Santa of the Opera. You know. Um, right. Yeah. And, and we don't have that anymore. No, no, it's no, no. Things have gotten much more politicized. It's like, oh my God, I'm watching drag queens. What does that say about me? Does that make me gay? I'm like, no, it doesn't make you gay. I mean, what, you think I'm gay because you like something? Come on. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah. uh, so so so, how long are you running? What, uh, until July something? What was it? Date? July seventh. Yeah, mm-hmm. we just extended it. We've been doing very well. Wonderful. Um, we're we're gonna have a big float in Pride um, for the Pride Parade. It's going to have a gigantic rhino on it. Yeah, big, big uh, lavender rhino. And then there's going to be a big heel uh, with actors in the heel, uh, which represents Priscilla. So it's Theodore Rhinoceros and Priscilla. That's our float, a huge rhino and a huge high heel shoe. Uh And so look for us at Pride. Um, We'll be in the Pride Parade with the whole cast, singing live and performing. Is that next weekend? That's next weekend. That's next, oh, not this Sunday, but I'll, next Sunday. Yeah. Oh, great. I'm going to, I'll be there next Sunday. Okay, okay great. Yeah. yeah. You're extended. Say the date again. Until when? We're extended to July 7th. We're at the Wonderful. Gateway Theater, which used to be called the Eureka at 215 yeah. Jackson. And you can find out about the show at therhino.org, T-H-E-R-H-I-N-O.org. That's a great theater, yeah. too. Uh, that's where, um, what, 42nd Street Moon and, uh, who else? Yeah. Uh, Moon performs here and us. We share the theater back and uh, forth. Okay. Wonderful. And, Wonderful. Um, yeah, so and we're doing new musicals uh, this upcoming season. So there's just a lot of musical theater happening down here. It's a great theater because everybody always calls me up and says, uh, is my seat going to be good? Is it going to be good? And I'm like, every seat's good. Yeah, it it's is. Like, every seat. It's like, it's, yeah, it's not like some massive. It's, 
It's got 200 seats. Every single seat is good. But it still um, feels intimate, though. It still it feels, feels like totally intimate. It feels, yeah. I, mean, I, I watched from the back row. Last night I watched. And I was like, okay, I can see everything. I can hear everything. I can see all the expressions. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's a perfect theater. Yeah, I, I, I used to love, I love performing there. Well, wonderful. Uh, John, I'm really glad that we could talk. And uh, I'm really excited to see, see the show. I appreciate your time. My pleasure, Ray. Well, I had a lot of fun talking to John. He really knows his stuff, and he loves theater, and he loves this musical, and I'm sure it shows in the performances of the actors. They probably really, really wanted to do a great job, and he tells me, as you heard, that they have. Now, John is uh, quite an accomplished theater artist, let me just give you a little bit of information about him. He's a playwright, a director, actor, and teacher. He's written a bunch of plays. He's won a number of awards. And my favorite thing, he is the writer of Medea the Musical. Now, Medea of the Musical is actually in Wikipedia. I remember hearing about this back in the early 90s. It was kind of a... Oh, gosh, an in sort of, not joke, but um, thing among theater artists that somebody would actually write a musical called Medea, <laughs> the woman who eats her own children. Yeah, he is the writer of that musical, and it's a, sort of a cult musical in the theater world, and John wrote it. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview, and I hope that you go see Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I will put in the notes all the information about the show, how to get tickets, everything you need to know, information about uh, Pride Week and Pride Weekend coming up. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So for... Green Room Radio, this has been your girl Ray Ray, Ray Renati. And until next week, I will see you on the boards. I am an old woman named after my mother. My old man's another child that's grown old If dreams were thunder, lightning was desire This old house would have burned down a long time ago Make me any that flies from Montgomery Make me a poster Of an old rodeo Just give me one thing That I can hold on to To believe in this living Is just a Hard way to go